Warning, this podcast contains adult content intended for listeners over the age of 18. This may include swearing, sex, crime, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello out there, you dirty little girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Witches and Switches, a smutty book review podcast hosted by Mommy Zombie and yours truly, Moon Magic Mama. Join us weekly as we delve into the little-known genre of erotic paranormal romance. We're talking panty-dropping werewolves, vampires who suck more than blood, and demons who will have you saying, yes, daddy. If they're hot and non-human, we've read it, and we can't wait to share our thoughts with you. So pop on some headphones, grab an ice-cold beverage, and get ready, because it's going to get spicy up in here. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited to talk about today's book. Want to go ahead and introduce yourself? my dear co-host. All right, my name is Mommy Zombie, and I am co-hosting with Magic Mama, and our show is Witches and Switches, a smutty book review podcast, where each week we delve a little deeper into the erotic paranormal romance genre, and this week we're talking about Ice Planet Barbarians. Who's our author? Uh, Ruby Dixon. It looks like it was first published in April of 2015, so it's a little older, not quite a new thing, but has been taking off on Book Talk. That's where I saw it. Have you heard about it before? I've seen it when looking through um, groups on Facebook, you know, the more adult reading sections, Um, and a lot of people are bringing it up and, you know, made me curious enough to try it. Right. I mean, I'll try almost anything once. So I figured, what the hell? Let's give it a shot. And you know what? Honestly, I'm not mad at it. And it was a really quick read, too, at only 179 pages. You know, even the less advanced reader could get through it pretty quickly. Oh, for sure. And as far as being like a like a sci-fi kind of alien story there wasn't a bunch of nonsense words i mean i think she kept it kind of to a minimum so i appreciated that and it was all believable it was you know through the perspective that you know you're just a normal human girl being abducted and you don't know what the hell is going on so you know it's it's in layman's terms right so um before we get too far into it i do feel like we should throw some trigger warnings out there um, yes, we are I agree. doing a story about an alien abduction kind of situation. So be aware of that, that these girls were forcibly taken from their homes. Um, we want to let our sensitive listeners know that there is um, some rape scenes in here. Um, I, I don't know if you would say And there's that also... Um, yeah, I mean, being held hostage is a torture situation. Uh, yeah, and uh, then, you know, they, they have kind of the survival situation too, like the life or death kind of thing. I know some people, some people with um, some other triggers like might be um, easily upset by like coercion and some kind of manipulation from both partners. Yeah, um, definitely some dubious consent going on yes. there. And, you know, a lot of people had mentioned Stockholm Syndrome. It is kind of related, you know, given the situation. But keeping that in mind, um, you know, I don't think it made the story any less 
readable. Um, I don't think that the situations were handled. Uh, I, I don't know, like it wasn't offensively written, I would say. Yeah, I, it wasn't extremely explicit, you know, yes, the only yes. explicit yeah, the the more offensive things would be what you're looking for, which is the smut, yeah. you know. We're, we so, heard from that dirty shit, yeah. And they kept they kept the the stuff that could be triggering to a minimum, where they went into great detail with the sex and the descriptions and things like that. Absolutely. So I guess we should just jump right into kind of let's do a little summary. Okay. So we're first thrust into this strange alien ship. We thought a group of 22-year-old women that have been abducted in the middle of the night. So our bad guys are the little green men and basketball heads. And Love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they sounded absolutely disgusting. But I have to admit, I love the reason why they call them basketball heads. Not because their head looks like a basketball, but because their skin looks like the texture of a basketball. And I yeah. think that... On any any creature, that would be a bore. Like, I would just, ugh, no. Yeah, like, ooh, no. Yeah, nasty. So they're the bad guys, and our girls are planning an escape. And right when they're planning to execute this big escape plan, the, the little green men announce that they're abandoning the cargo hold. Right. So Which lands them on the... What was it? Non-Hoff? Not Hoff? Yeah, not Hoff. And I, I don't get the reference, but I guess it's like a Star Wars thing. Yeah. Basically, they're on a planet that is covered in ice and snow. And this ice and snow is their warm season. Yes. Like, this is the nice season for them that they land in this planet. Mind so you, we- these girls, when they're abducted, they are scantily clad. They have, like, little 90s on, you know, t-shirt, underwear kind of situation. Not only that, but they're covered in their own pee and poop because of their living quarters. Yeah, they were, like, in a little cell. So not prepared for this weather at all. And they're in a big metal box. Yeah, so it doesn't exactly scream, hey, this is going to keep you nice and cozy. So the girls start thinking, okay, now we're crashed here. We don't have any food. What are we going to do? There's a lot, a of, lot of people. Girls. Yep, a lot of injured women. So they pick the strongest and the one who, you know, is identified as our main character yeah. in the beginning uh, to be their scout, you know, to go and look for help and see what she can find and bring back. Yes, and that is our girl Georgie. And um, it seems like she was a bank teller back on Earth. So definitely not got the skills that it would take to survive in this kind of situation so it's pretty bad when that's your strongest girl yes and I mean she wasn't one of the first ones abducted so she did have that uh going for her because she wasn't as malnourished and weak but she also wasn't like incredibly injured I do believe she suffered a broken wrist yeah yeah she hurt her wrist but there was but other, other than girls, that, yeah, other girls were, were definitely in worse shape. So she sets off in one of the basketball head suits and on her journey meets one of the locals. Yes. And he's Vectal. And our first um, instance with Vectal was actually one of my picks. Um, yeah, I don't know I, if we want to talk about that right now or just keep going through our, our little summary. Uh, no, you can go ahead. I think, you know. We're already here. Let's do it right? now. Okay, okay. So so our first uh, meeting with Vectal is from, from the book, I jerk awake realizing it's not a dream. None of this is. 
I look down at my body in shock. I'm naked. I'm naked and there's some guy with a pair of massive pearl horns rising from his head between my legs. As I watch, his tongue drags over my pussy again. So we're just getting introduced to this guy and he's eating her <laughs> pussy? What? Like yeah, is some uh, sort of alien handshake? Yeah, no, that definitely like threw me off guard. I'm like, um, if it were me, I don't even know how I would react in that situation. Yeah, like, 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 I would be like extremely offended, but like, um, <laughs> A yeah. hello would be nice. Right? Like, you're not going to ask my name? <laughs> and, you know, we learn, like, obviously they speak different languages, so they can't, like, understand each other. And we learn, as we read, that Vectal has, like, an alien parasite in him that has, like, a symbiotic relationship to keep both of them alive. Right. And the, the atmosphere on Not Hoth is toxic to all of the life right. forms that right. are that aren't from there and, and then you know what is it a cooey cooey is what yeah, they call it's a it cooey, but the girls call it a cootie and i like that better i like the cootie name better too yes it I sounds like you're saying like cooey like spitting or something <laughs> yes so so vectal is he's got this cootie in him and the cootie is most interested in keeping the hosts alive so and reproducing probably, yes and reproducing and making more hosts for them so right. when the cootie finds somebody that's like hey we like them they do this thing right. called resonance and our boy vectal is resonating hard for georgie even though they're interspecies and can't understand each other gotta love it right so and i think georgie takes it pretty well because she doesn't like immediately like freak out like you know She's totally like, okay, like maybe this is weird for them, but I'm going to teach him otherwise. Like she takes it like a champ. Yes. Yeah. She definitely could have reacted <laughs> a lot more volatile. Um, I don't know how I would react waking up on some weird ass ice planet, some giant alien dude all up on me. Like, hello. <laughs> you like you're a snack or something. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. okay. You're like, okay. On? So you've had breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, how about me? I'm hungry right. now. But uh, <laughs> Vectal definitely has some snacks for her later on. But um, yes, that's for sure. And I mean, she, she, I mean, I can see in part two, you know, you see that she does react a little like aggressively towards him when he thinks that like he automatically owns her. So like she is definitely establishing boundaries, but she also wants to learn and adapt to this culture because she feels that's her best way of surviving you know onto that survival trigger she is acting in a certain manner that is manipulative to eventually get her goal which is to get her friends rescued from the uh cargo cargo bay Yeah. yeah so i think that you know that could be a little triggering for other people on both parts where like you know, the only way to get what you need is to flirt and use your body and also like having things taken from you in manipulation by somebody leading right, you like, on. Th- by the way, um, you're stuck here now. If you take this parasite, you can't leave. But if yeah. you don't take the parasite, you're going to die. Yeah. And he does wait to tell her that because he is afraid of what she will do. Right. So so we're we're jumping ahead. Sorry, I get excited. So we meet our meet Vectal. He's kind of our little hero in the story, and 
Georgie is trying to figure out how to communicate with him and right. tell him that he needs her help or she needs his help rather. Right. And Vectel takes takes her to the elders cave. Right. At some point, right? Is this Yeah. The, and that's how she learns to speak to Well, I believe they needed shelter for the night and they decided that that was going to be the best place. Yes, the elders cave. And Georgie finds out that it's not a cave. It's actually a spaceship that Vectel's people came to the planet on. Like, yeah, they crash landed. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so she learns that they're not a native of the planet. And she learns about the Kui or Kuti and yes. the, the Kuti sickness. Which she learns that that's what, why a lot of the girls are so bad off is the Kuti sickness. Right. Um, because, you know, the longer they stay, the weaker and sicker they're getting. But the cool thing about the spaceship is she was able to learn the native tongue of Vectel's people. Right. Because they had, like, this, like, language information simulation thing. Yeah, Um, I think they called it a language dump. Right. And um, they're able to use that. I, I don't remember. Did Vectel get language at that time for her as well i don't believe so i think he did it he did it later on but but georgie is now able to speak Vectel's language and she learns more about him and he uh she's able to finally tell him hey i need your help we've got to go rescue my friend right so they go to his hometown mm-hmm. uh which is like a giant cavern full of mini caves and hot springs and they gather yeah, as like, many. let's talk about that giant hot spring in the middle of the cave like oh that would i don't be know amazing. it would be amazing so? but the smell the smell oh. they are they mention um in the description like whenever they go to a hot spring there's that sulfur smell which if you don't know smells like rotten eggs and yeah. quite frankly i have a very sensitive nose so have you I ever gone to a hot spring though no, but I have been in areas that have like high sulfur ratios to the soil, and right. when they get wet, it's like bad yeah. egg soup. It's I don't know, terrible. man. I I have definitely been in my fair share of hot springs, so I think I could get with it. I think that that the smell kind of wears off after a little. I think that once you're like immune to it, like kind of like if you have a cat, you can't smell it if you've had the cat forever. Right, right. You yeah. Know, so, so so maybe it doesn't bother the and. The, I don't know how we pronounce the people that Vectel belongs to. Are they Sakui? That's good enough for me. Okay, yeah. So that that's what Vectel's people are called as the Sakui because they t- they were the sock and then they took the Kui. So right, smash the two together. Vectel t- takes Georgie to meet the healer. She's a wonderful, right. sweet lady who's got a little kid and is pregnant. Yes. And she kind of lets us know that there's only four women in the tribe. So it's kind of a, a sausage, sausage fest. Yeah. Yes. You've got all these men that have never been with a woman and they're just like dying for it. Yeah. And it's not a very large tribe. What was it like? Like 60 people tops? Yeah. I, I think even smaller. Yeah. It might have been like 25. Yeah. I think that sounds right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not a big band. There was more of them, right? But a Kui sickness took them out. Bechtel, uh, he's one of the, like, leaders of the tribe, is he not? Like, one yes, of the... Yes, he's, he's their chief. Yeah, he's he's pretty high up. And when he hears that, like, when he's resonated with a human, so it is possible, and that they're all female, 
he gets really excited for his tribe, which, you know, kind of scares Georgie, like, hey, I'm not giving you these women so that yeah. way you can reproduce. You know, it's you save them and they get to choose. And she really made yeah, sure she that was she was really stood adamant up. about that. And I, I think that's in, kind of our at the their mercy. Yeah, at their mercy, but they still kind of give them that option. Yeah. And I think that's important that they, they talked about that. I agree. So the, the healer talks to Georgie, tells her that there's not much she can do with for her until she has the cooey. Correct. And so Georgie and Vectal gather up like this band of hunters and they're going to go and search for and find the women and bring them they back. They also get lots of supplies from all the hunters' caves. Yes. Because but. she makes sure that they have that kind of supplies because they are wearing basically nothing. Yeah, they're freezing their asses off out there. But Georgie didn't tell Vectal that there was six other girls in the station. Cryo chamber. Oh. Yeah, like the cryo yeah. chambers or whatever. Yeah, so so the Sakui think that they're going to rescue these five other human women when in reality there's 11 more. Yeah. So... The, the hunters set off. They bring the the best of them with. They stop along the way at the elders' cave, and a bunch more of them get the language dump so yes. that they're able to talk to the girls. And then they show up, and yes. I can't remember. You Do you remember? They take the girls, and they have to carry them out because a lot of them are, like, skin and bones. Um, but they gather the women. They carry them out. And then they find one of the beasts, like, is nearby that carries the cooey worms. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then they go on the hunt for the cooey. I don't know. The beast had a specific name. I don't remember what oh, it was, so. It was a, that was a ridiculous alien word. Yes. Okay. It kind of looked like an elephant, I think, is what they said. I was picturing, like, a, a mammoth. Giant is what woolly, I was yeah, like a woolly mammoth, but, like, skinny. Right. And basically, they hunt this beast down because the Kui live in the heart of the beast. Right, so they have to down the beast, and then they have this heart full of these glowing, wormy things that the women right. now have to get inside of them. And then the Kui lives in their heart. So, right. um, you know, the, the book kind of ends on Georgie is the first one to take the Kui, and then we're, we're kind of left wondering what's going to happen right it has an open ending with a very vivid sex scene at the very end to after they get the cooey yes all of the sex scenes in this book are very very detailed and the imagination is good it's not left you with the same boring like and he put it in and that was it and it, it it shows great detail into it not just being pleasure for the guy. There's foreplay and yeah. mention of self-care and aftercare and during care. And like, let's just talk about how much these dudes love eating pussy. Like they're, <laughs> they're so excited for it. Yeah. And the thing is, is they say that with the resonance, it, that's these, like the best taste ever for, I feel really bad because the aliens here don't have anything, but like raw meat to eat pretty much. Yes. So it's like raw meat and pussy juice. That's all you get. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, and really, more. really spicy shit. Yeah. What was that? Like berry compote that was too spicy? I don't know, but it, it, they 
I think somebody said it was like eating just concentrated pepper spray. So they've got raw and spicy shit. And they love pussy. So I don't know. (laughs) Definitely, uh, Definitely a palate cleanser there. Yeah, I mean... You won't have to worry about getting fat, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, all that lean protein. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think what is uh, most fun about this book is the descriptions of the aliens. So yes. they're, I, like when I'm reading it, I kind of see the blue people from, from Avatar. The Navi. Yeah, kind of that. It, it but... is mentioned in one of the books, I believe, that they do look similar to them. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, okay. So maybe that was where Miss Ruby drew some inspiration from. I don't know. But then yeah. she went on to give these guys super muscles and hard armored ridges across their foreheads and arms. And torso. And they're just random spots in the body that are just randomly plate armored naturally. Yeah. I, I honestly kind of think of like hobbit feet, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but like blue and suede. Yeah, yeah. their skin is soft and suede-like. I can't so, imagine so it's like, a, like a suede-covered penis. Like, that seems like that wouldn't be a good idea after a I while. I don't know if it would be, like, no. <laughs> like, like here, let me just go and, you know, rub my pussy on the, the couch arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like a suede-covered dildo or something. <laughs> Oh, but, but speaking of the dicks, like, let's talk about these dicks. Okay, they're massive. Like, I think of, like, arm-sized penises. Like, they're just so massive. And it's like, that's so unrealistic. Like, it's so you have unrealistic. Sex, if you have sex with horse dick, you're going to be raw, and you're not going to want to do it anymore. And they have sex every over week. Over. Second. Yeah. Yes. Like, like he doesn't even pull out and they're fucking again. I'm sorry, but like, I need to recover from orgasms. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to hydrate, baby. Hydrate. Yeah. And they have to wait for snow to melt. Like, (laughs) I feel so bad. Like, come on. We need like, like something else, like a salad. Maybe just a salad. Like, can't something else crash with some supplies and shit? Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Or like. I'm irritated with the open ending about the spaceship. I'm sure with there being 22 books in the series, they do figure out that spaceship. I'm like, I need to know about the spaceship. Yes. So, so the girls have these um, trackers in their arms that the, the kidnapper, bad little green men and basketball heads put in them. And right. um, we didn't talk about our friend Kira who has the the translator shell in her ear. Yeah. She had an implant um, placed in her ear because she won she was the first abducted yeah so they only needed one translator and, and so she can understand all of the alien languages it seems because she can understand right. Beckel's people and the little green men and the basketball heads so yes when they go back to get the girls out of the cargo hold Kira hears something coming through on her translator and it says that they're coming back so Beckel's people pull out all of the little trackers and they throw them down into that hole with with the Metlacks. Yeah, the Metlacks, which are like scary Wookiee guys. Or not Wookiee, yeah. they're those little bear things from Star Wars. I do believe they mentioned Wookiees, but I also remember, I, I feel like I remember somebody saying like a weird, scrawny, like cousin it. Okay, that, yeah, I can see that. With like claws and weird eyes. Yes, just like a hairy, they, scary did thing. Did they mention like a Furby also? Oh my God, that's terrifying. 
Oh my god, like a and, and like these with a furby take face. Down. They they take down some of Vectel's people, right? Like they're dangerous things. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, they seem pretty um sentient because of the humanoid type faces, but in all actuality they are not. They are very like predatory, uh territorial creatures. Kind of like hyenas, really... I would say. Like they yeah, have yeah. mentality. Yeah, you know, they understand like, hey, this guy's bigger than me, we should run. Yeah, we should they also, this guy. But that's about it. You know, they have like the the protection of their young, the want to eat, and that's about it. Right. So so we've got those on the planet. We've got Vectel's people. Um, and then we have the like the crazy like uh angler fish things with the yes, bamboo. I, I wanted to talk about that. So so these crazy giant angler fish things uh georgie stumbles upon one of the hot springs running through and she's like oh hell yeah water and um you know our our boy vectal they can't speak and she's he's trying to get her away from them because he knows they're monsters she doesn't and then what she thinks is a stick sticking out of this stream is a scary giant flesh-eating fish yeah, it's like the equivalent of a piranha, just an anglerfish-sized piranha. Yes, yes. And um, that and is terrifying. They've got the quill beasts, which I'm imagining are probably porcupine size. Well, I felt like they were maybe like hog-sized, like like they were like a mix between like a hog and a porcupine. That's how okay. I imagine them. Yeah. Like they're like a smaller of the game type species. They're mildly aggressive. Um, easily overpowered because that seems to be the quick fix like yeah this is fast food tonight guys like mm-hmm. yeah oh I'll go I'll go grab a quill beast real fast yeah, yeah. So, and, and then let's let's mention that Vectel's people that they just eat this raw the fresher the better I don't know and Vectel is so proud of himself that he saved Georgie like all of the the tender bits in the inside like the heart and liver and Sweet he's so pleased with himself and she's like um the fuck yeah like (laughs) like she is definitely not happy and then she she's starving to death she's been living off of these little like seaweed kelp minis because that's all the aliens in the cargo bay would give her you get one pill a day essentially uh or was it two and that's all you get so they're definitely on minimal nutrients so she's like give me something i need food now she starts off with the spicy berry shit it's not good. And yeah. then she's disappointed. So he tries to feed her raw meat and she's like, fuck out of here with that. Yeah. And then she eventually gets him to cook it. And he's just like, what is this crazy bitch talking about? She wants her food burnt. Yeah. What? Why does she want to burn it? And he says that like the smell of cooking flesh is just disgusting. And I'm like, damn, I think I love me a cooking steak. Like, right? Like, like, Michael, we need to get you some seasonings, my friend. I just, I imagine, like, I imagine, like, the whitest of white, like, salt is too spicy. Like, ketchup's too spicy. Yes, and then, but, like, but then you think about their killer fucking pepper bars. Like, what the hell? Uh, God, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. No. Like, and you don't get a spring, so you don't get any, like, fruit. Like, how are these guys like digestive systems still running? Exactly. So, so you're on this ice planet, this barren tundra, and you've got very minimal game. You've got scary, creepy cousin it people. So everybody's just running around in leather. Um, yeah, and <laughs> no undies. 
this cootie bug in their hearts makes them like super warm. Uh, so they've got an internal heater, suede skin, and some leather chappies, and they're just happy. Yeah, like isn't Vectal hanging out in a loincloth at one point? Like just yeah, like he's got a loincloth and a vest, and that's it. And I'm like, sorry, I do not have carpet for skin. I am not right? insulated like that. And he's got zero percent fat on his body. No, he's a fucking chiseled stone. A suede stone, though. Right, right. <laughs> so he's happily warm at all times, whereas our poor girl Georgie is like freezing her ass off, and he's constantly like, it's so amazing the way he sees her features. It just it makes humans seem really like pathetic and tiny and weird. Yeah. Because like I want to make mention of their like the way he describes her face. He's always like her weird flat features, like. She has no cheekbones, no chin, no nose. Like, it's just like a pancake with some eyes. He's very enamored with how flat her face is. And I'm just... Yeah, yeah like, I feel like we could have maybe uh, described that a little better. Because it does sound like these these poor girls are all pancake faces. Like, just somebody fucking... Their brother Cassius hit him in the face with a shovel or something. I don't know. <laughs> It, it And, you know, they're always talking about how tiny and weak they are. So, I mean, it does kind of play into that stereotype. You know, the heroine is always like a tiny, petite woman. Oh, and yeah. it doesn't help that he's like seven foot tall with like a three foot penis. Like Exactly. So, so he's just this massive fucking godlike alien creature. And we've got poor tiny little Georgie with her flat face and pale skin. And Beckle fucking loves her. Yeah, he's always going on about how dainty and tiny and small and fragile. And it really feeds into that male ego of, like, I'm big, man, strong, make fire. You know? Yeah, they're very much, uh, like, cavemen, ugh, you woman, I man. We resonate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, like, there's, like, forced feeding and, like, forced caretaking. and Nope, that's book two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've read them consecutive so they run together okay, a little we bit did. yes we so i mean that's that's a good sign right we were so interested in what happened with that first one that we had to read the second and so, it wasn't like uh like maybe i should read it it was a uh, what happens next let's get the second book right now like yes um i felt like the first book it was short it was sweet it was powerful you know it got right to the point it had it spicy Mm-hmm. and it left it open ending so you definitely wanted to know what happened next yes yeah we we care about what is going on with our humans and our sakui it's actually a fun journey to go on i went into this thinking that i would just laugh the whole time and there definitely is a lot of humor i think that the beauty of it it was the the author wasn't taking herself super seriously like she didn't go hardcore nerd on it. She made it accessible to people that maybe aren't super into the sci-fi genre and right. are just looking for something sexy to read. And I think it's it's good for those kind of people, but also the nerdy types that like that sci-fi edge. Yeah, and it, it's it's definitely believable. She took great uh, lengths to make it believable. She didn't just kind of bullshit her way through it. Like, she had a storyline, she had an idea, she filled it out wonderfully. The imagination that went into it is, is like I said, believable. You can visually see the whole story throughout the whole book unfold in your brain. And I think that's really important because a lot of smut 
is just, you know, like loose dialogue, some yeah. bullshit um, background information, and then a lot of sex. And then the sex gets repetitive and it's the same thing over and over. Yes, Whereas, we don't need no Fifty Shades of Grey in here. We're not about no. that. Nope. Two thumbs down on that one. Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely, I enjoyed it because, you know, each sex act was a different experience. You know, you weren't just stuck on him eating her out the entire time. You definitely had that experience of, you know, there's some creativity. There's things that I've never thought of before. Um, you know. Yes. And, and okay. I think the the most exciting thing about Vectel's anatomy is that spur. How have we not talked about that yet? I don't know. Okay, so above all of the Sakui's dick are this little like finger thing. Is that honestly? Yeah, it was like a. It's they call it a spur, and -hmm. it's basically like like a cartilage ridge that's covered that when you know you're doing your deed will stimulate your clit. But it's funny because they call their clits a third nipple because their women do not have clits. Right. So what's the purpose of the spur? Because she asked him, she's like, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's just my spur. It's just, you know, normal. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't your men have spurs? No. And and <laughs> they they do they do briefly talk about that, like mating rituals. And he he'd never been kissed before because their their people don't kiss. Right. And he calls it the the super attractive name of mouth mating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's mate our mouths together. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, but it it is. You know, she does use kissing as a bartering tool, which is really smart of her, you know, because, um, you know, she ends up liking him before they even resonate on her end. You know, she she she's able to go through this and kind of make up her mind on her own without having to be basically told, like, you have to do this because you resonated. That's the only choice you have. Okay, Bechdel. Okay, she was digging him before. She found out that his cootie decided they were together. And then once she got her cootie, it said, yeah, I'm right. Yeah, I mean, there was the period where she went through the whole, I don't know if I like him. He's weird. He's, like, got weird features. And he's got horns and a tail. And then she saw his dick and she's like, oh, all right, hold on a sec. Okay, never mind. I take it back. (laughs) Because, I mean, so when I was reading about the dick, I'm thinking bad dragon dildos. Have you seen those? Like the I crazy horse or dragon or monster dick. I, I do believe I showed you, I was the one who sent you the link for the monster dildos, like the Minotaur and yes. Shrek, yes. the ogre, exactly some like shit. That. Like yes. I honestly thought of some mythical creature dick. I don't even know how to describe it. They're all, all of the Kui people are various shades of blue, ranging from like sky blue to slate. So like, I just imagine like a, velveteen giant dick with a weird spur and like blue balls like <laughs> poor like, blue balls yeah poor poor Bechtel. like i mean <laughs> and they they don't have pubic hair i don't believe no he was uh pretty impressed with georgie he's like well that's useless <laughs> i mean he's not wrong right <laughs> <laughs> he i remember him being extremely amused being like what is hair doing right there of all places yeah. Yeah, but then he just is like, oh, I better find out, and just sticks his fucking face in it. Like, what if she had teeth? Like, what if it had hair? Yeah. Because it was like another <laughs> creature. Like, hmm, I've never seen one of those before. Let me try and taste its pussy. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then this third 
nipple. And he's just like poking it like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> We've all been there, right? We've I all mean... been with some dude that's like, oh, is this doing it for you? As he's like rubbing your left labia raw. <laughs> At least he had like a massive tongue. Yeah. I don't think and he would have their tongues anywhere. are special too. They've got ridges like ruffles. That sounds terrible. Just scraping <laughs> your fucking clit with a ruffle. <laughs> We haven't even introduced him to Ranch, dude. He would be fucking going to town. (laughs) Oh, my God. What if they had had a cargo full of human food? Like, how would that go? Like, what would they be? Like, imagine they got, like, ramen or a fucking pizza. They'd be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And then you see Vectal coming out, and he's got a little belly coming. He's like, "Mm." Georgie, is there any more Twinkies? (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. I wish... I, I mean, I can't say because I haven't read past book two. Right. But I, I mean, this is a long series. I think, how many does she got? 22 so far? I believe 22. And I, I think she's still going. That's some serious effort. I, would, I hope it's not like the Fast and Furious where after like the fifth one, you're like, okay, are we done yet? Like, okay, can, can we just be done? Yeah. Well, why do we need all of these bald men mad at each other? <laughs> Oh my god, I never realized how many bald men were in that movie. For real. <laughs> oh my god. Back on track. Yes. Um, I definitely I I I definitely want to see more about that spaceship. Like, do they go to planet Earth? Did they take him to his home planet? Because they were a very intelligent species, I think honestly superior to the human race on technology alone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um and, just with the ability to recognize, hey, this girl is speaking Earth English. Well, yeah, and it just goes to show that people don't get fucking contact with aliens because we suck as a human race. Oh, definitely. They're like, we don't want to play with you guys. You can just stay over there in that sandbox. Yep, I definitely agree on that part, too. Readability scale, I think I would give it a solid four out of five. Yeah, definitely. You know, just for storyline alone, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a four out of five. On the spicy pepper level, I would give it probably like a three out of five. Because it was good detail, but it wasn't spicy. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't a, ooh, ooh, like, it, it was good spice. It was, uh, it was readable spice. So I would say three, too. I would give it a, a, a good three. Yeah, I would definitely I, like, say. Like, no kink, really, other than interspecies thing. <laughs> well, a breeding kink, I think, is mentionable. Definitely, yes. Okay, so, um, you know, Georgie is thinking, hey, I'm getting all this alien dick. Good thing that I don't need my birth control, because, you know, whatever. He's an alien. Right. Yeah. Aliens can't get me pregnant. Yeah. Well, the cootie has a different idea. Right. And the cootie, the only reason it communicates is basically based on emotion. And when it's like ding, 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 that person can get pregnant by you. That's literally the only communication from this parasite. Yeah. It's just making sure you can breathe the air and make babies. Yeah. You know, and it has like some cool abilities, um, like, you know, it uh, speeds up healing process. It keeps you warm. Right. Um, right. It, but basically, for it being a parasite, it mostly just benefits the host. It's basically yeah. like, yes, master, I, mean, I will yeah, do all of these things goes, for you. It's a pretty decent parasite. Yeah. It um, actually kind of reminds me of the parasite in the host a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But also kind of, um, I don't know if you've read it, The Fifth Wave. 
It no. kind of reminds me of the aliens and that. That's a whole other topic. But right. <laughs> so uniqueness, I I would say she gets top mark than that because I've not read anything like this before. That's a good point. I've never come across any literature where it was based on alien people. So right. I'd say for my first time, definitely a five. Yeah, for sure. I, I would um not be opposed to reading more in the alien genre if we're looking at things like this. I think it was refreshing that the men were just so eager to please the human women. And I don't know right. if it was because they've been so starved for women this whole time or if that's just culturally how they are, but it's nice to see a dude that's just like, no, let me, let me do this for you. Oh, you're cold here. Have my stuff. Agreed. I I think that that's a good fantasy escape. That's going to be beneficial for a lot of women because, you know, you get to visualize yourself in a relationship with someone who takes care of you, who prioritizes you, who genuinely wants to see you happy and thrive because their happiness depends upon that. I mean, that can be a little toxic at times yeah like little but bit in this yeah and it may like lead for unrealistic expectations but I think that she establishes good boundaries and you know still wants to be her own person even though they are essentially becoming one right exactly so I think that that it was a delicate balance and she didn't fall too much in the oh save me but also right. not so far in like no you're forcing me into this it, it was right. a delicate balance, and I think she played it off pretty well. Yes. So, yeah, um, as far as Ice Planet Barbarians goes, solid first novel. Um, I definitely am interested in more, and wouldn't you know it, moved on to the second one. Yes, we have moved on to the second one. Yes, so our next episode, um, we will be talking about that, and we get to meet more of our humans and more of our Sakui, and kind of just learn more about the culture and the the planet itself and more of the demographics of you know how relationships are and uh, expectations rules things like that yes absolutely so it uh was a pleasure speaking with you on the book i'm happy you read it with me and i'm glad that you suggested it because i would have never even heard of it without you right i i'm always finding the weird shit man but um I think we can go ahead and cut this one off unless you have any last thoughts. No, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we both reviewed it and recommended it to other followers so that way they can get their hands on it too. Yes, definitely. And keep an ear for our next episode. It'll be covering Barbarian Alien, also by Miss Ruby Dixon. And it's part two in, isn't the Ice Home series? I think that's what she's calling it. I believe you are correct there. Yes. So join us next week for part two. Until then, love you, bye. (laughs) Hey, Sexy. Thanks again for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the show, please help us spread the word to all the other dirty little bookworms out there by liking, following, and sharing our content. Find us on Facebook as Witches and Switches Podcast. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash witches and switches for exclusive content. Links and other fun stuff down in the show notes. Until next time, mwah.